0: Well seven years ago in 2010 we held our first soccer camp and we had about 30-35 children at this first camp and there were two boys from uh, African heritage and they were speaking Mandarin and it was one of those things that you sort of look at I don't really expect this. Uh, Fortunately we had um, another boy who was Chinese and spoke Mandarin, and so at times he would be able to to translate. But we've soon uh, have since discovered, I should say, that Tobit and Canoli Lu did I say that partially right are the uh, the sons of Paul and Marta, and. Uh, The reason I introduce this is because Paul's going to come and read our scripture this morning from Psalm 100 in four different languages. He speaks his native uh, language from the Dominican Republic, or sorry, the Democratic Republic of Congo. And uh, it's Lingala. He speaks English. He has worked in France, so he's picked up some French along the way. And for about the last 10 years, he has been working in China while his family is based here in Edmonton, and he travels back and forth. And he was here last Sunday, and this idea just popped into my head, and I said, you know what, Paul, I want to ask you to read scripture. And so, Paul, why don't you come, and uh, this is Psalm 100 in English, French, Mandarin, and Lingala. Did
1: I say that right? psalm 100 from 1 to 5 shout for joy to the lord all the earth worship the lord with gladness come before him with joyful songs know that the lord is god it is he who made us and we are his we are his people the sheep of his pasture enter his gate with thanksgiving and he is with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Psalm 100, 1-5 Pour l'éternel des cris de joie, vous tous habitants de la terre, servez l'éternel avec joie. Venez avec allégresse en sa présence, sachez que l'Éternel est Dieu. C'est lui qui nous a fait et nous lui appartenons. Nous sommes son peuple et les troupeaux de son pâturage. Entrez dans ses portes avec des louanges, dans ses parvis avec des cantiques, célébrez-les, bénissez son nom. Car l'Éternel est bon, sa bonté dure toujours. Et sa fidélité 祂創造了我们 in way, Yehua is a very strong one. That is a very strong one. That is Boya epayi na ye na banje mbo bosepela. Bundima ete nkolo azali nzambe. Ye moto asala biso. Tuzali bato na ye. Tuzali ekolo na ye. Bameme ya oyoye aboko laka. Boya na lopango na ye. Ponakokumisa ye. Bopesa meres bo kota nandako na ye bona bopesa ye Bophesa meresi nanzambe na biso pamba eten nkolo azali malamu koleka Bolingona ye ezali na sukate ekotika la seco na mabota nyoso oyo eko the word of god thank you
0: <clears throat> Thank you, Paul. <clears throat> so, who of you understood all four languages? Kind of follow along a little bit there. I was feeling bad for the guy doing video, um, wondering when was he supposed to turn the slides, because I'm sure he had no idea uh, where 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 uh, where he was. Anybody understand three? At least two. Is there three? Somebody over here? Three languages? Great. Good. You know, in whatever language you say it, the message really is the same, right? We give thanks to God because he is good and because he is faithful and his love endures forever. He made us, created us, created all things, and we are his, his people. We belong to him like sheep belong to a shepherd. And this Thanksgiving is to be marked with joy and gladness and praise, all of which finds its expression through singing. And so thank you, Colleen and team, for already just ushering us into a a spirit of thanksgiving this morning through the songs. Now, if you weren't here right at the start, you may have missed uh, the little video that we showed called My King. And it was a video that's really a description of Jesus Christ Um, by a pastor by the name of sm lockridge he was a pastor of calvary baptist church in san diego california and he was there for over 40 years now he passed away in 2000 um, but this video has has been around for a while and maybe some of you've seen if you've never seen it just go to youtube and and search my king and I'm, i'm sure you'll find about 30 different versions of it um I've been around long enough that I actually have the video on VHS, and so if you need to borrow that, I can, uh, I can loan you that and my VHS player. Um, but uh, anyways, the, the, this, about the six, seven minutes that we heard was part of this an actual recording th- from a sermon that he preached that was about an hour long. And, uh, and so you can imagine what this sermon must have been like. In fact, the whole sermon is on youtube if you're looking for something uh, to to pass the time this afternoon um and then we followed that with just singing the doxology a great reminder again that we ought to praise god and praise god because it's from him whom all blessings fro- flow praise god all creatures here below praise him even the angels above praise him father son and holy ghost A doxology is defined as an expression of praise to God. And today, and really every Sunday, or every day in fact, but on the Sundays that we gather together, we have an opportunity to do exactly that. We can open our mouths and sing songs of praise that give us the opportunity then to express our thanks to God for who He is and for what He has done. And so today, on this Thanksgiving Sunday, I want to just take some time and reflect together on one simple verse found at the end of chapter 9 in the Apostle Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church, and it's Second Corinthians 9 verse 15. It's simply this, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now if this were soccer camp, we'd have you all say it out loud, and so let's pretend uh, that you're all at soccer camp, sitting on the grass and uh, you're going to say this verse together. We'd have people up here with little phrases, and we'd take one away at a, at a time. And by the time we're done, you would have it memorized. But I think it's easy enough. So let's try to say it together, okay? Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. One more time. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is a very simple verse with really some profound meaning. Paul had in 2 Corinthians just been writing about generosity and giving and then he just like seemingly out of nowhere he he expresses this do- doxology this expression of praise to God thanks be to God for his indescribable gift and i just want to break it down this morning and have us think about each of these phrases thanks be to God for his indescribable gift and so thanks I mean, one of the first things that we try to teach our children is to to say is thank you, right? Thanks. Maybe right after mama, papa, maybe a few numbers, uh, a sibling's name or whatever. Very early on, we start to try to teach them manners, right? And we say, say please, say thank you. And so then someone gives them a treat and we try to coax it out of them, right? It's like, now what do you say? Please? No, no, no. What do you say? Thank you. Yes, good girl. good boy. But it is a good thing because we do want our children to learn very early on that it is very important to acknowledge a gift, a gift that can be something tangible or it can be the gift of service. And then as we get older, we continue to express our thanks, maybe with a note, a card, or maybe even a small gift. Being grateful, being thankful is so important because the opposite. Of gratitude is actually kind of ugly ungratefulness and it can it fuels entitlement we often will compare or we start to complain about things sometimes about the craziest things right like you know my seedless watermelon has a seed in it or my iphone doesn't fit into the cup holder because i got the plus My freezer is so full, I can't shut the door. I can't spread cold, solid butter on soft bread. Right? There's a word for those kind of complaints now, right? Have you heard it? First world problems. It is clear in the Bible that God wants his followers to cultivate gratefulness. To just say thanks. Such an easy word, right? It rolls off our lips. Thanks. And sometimes so difficult to say. It's really an attitude that reveals the posture of our hearts. In Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 15, Paul writes, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. giving thanks to God. It's clearly not optional, and it's clearly not reserved for one day of the year. William Law, writing centuries ago, made a very good point when he said, who would, you like, would you like to know who is the greatest saint in the world? It isn't he who prays most or fasts most. It isn't he who gives most. But it is he who is always thankful to God, who receives everything as an instrument of God's goodness, and has a heart always ready to praise God for it. So first of all, thanks. Simple, right? Thanks be to God. Who do we give thanks to? Simply God. All that we are and all that we have comes from God. He is the giver of all things. And in today's culture, that sounds almost somewhat radical, right? The thought that God, not our own self is responsible for all that we are and all that we have, it's almost considered crazy talk. But the Bible communicates very clearly that what we have comes from God as a blessing, and therefore our thanks ought always to be directed to God. Paul was instructing his young protege, Timothy, and at the end of 1 Timothy chapter 6, he writes this, beginning of verse 17. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain but to put their hope in god and then he says this who richly provides everything for our enjoyment you see according to that verse one of the dangers of 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 wealth is arrogance it's it's easy to think that what we have we have been solely responsible for what we have accumulated so rather than fueling our praise and thanksgiving to God for what we have, it fuels our pride. And then another danger is misdirected hope. Putting our hope in that wealth, money becomes our security. And the wealthy face this temptation to count on what they have. But instead, this verse says that the wealthy should put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That's a great verse, isn't it? He richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. All the things that we're able to do and to enjoy are gifts from God, because God richly provides for us. It's a reminder to trust in the giver rather than the gift itself, to hope in God and not in what he provides but it is clear that it is God who provides everything for us, for our enjoyment, and that is why our thanksgiving is always to be directed to God, because it's all from Him. In Romans 5.8, there's a simple verse that reminds us of why Jesus endured the agony of the cross and ultimately died. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Because God loved us, he showed us how much he loved us by having Jesus bear all of our sin, all of our guilt, all the judgment that we deserved, and ultimately death. Jesus was the perfect, sinless Lamb of God that was sacrificed for our sin. And God offered his son, Jesus, as a sacrifice for our sin. This is a gift of grace There was nothing that we ever did to deserve it. It was all from God. And that is why we express our thanks to God, because the gift that we're considering this morning is given by God. It is His gift. And so thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. You know, when we stop and think about Thanksgiving, it's, you know, we can just ask a simple question. Well, what are you thankful for? And what do we give thanks for? And in his letter to the church at Ephesus, Paul writes, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. And so it's just a great summary, right? So what do we, when do we give thanks? Always. And what do we give thanks for? Everything, right? So always and everything pretty much sums it up. And so even in the tough stuff? Yep. Even in the tough stuff. Because Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances. So always, everything, and in every situation and circumstance. Why? Because even the tough stuff has a purpose in our lives. Listen to what James writes in, in uh, um, chapter 1 of uh, his letter, um, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so even the purpose of trials is perseverance and a a maturing process in our lives. What are some of the specific things that we can give thanks to God for? There's an old hymn that says, count your many blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And that counting your blessings, it's a good practice anytime. But there are many things that we can be thankful for. If we stopped and paused, most of us would probably um, say something around the people in our lives. Paul understood this. Almost every one of his letters begins with, I give thanks for you. The people that God has brought into your life and into my life are a gift from him family friends teachers coaches leaders gifts from god to us and so today we can be thankful for them of course we are thankful for food we have so much right we have an abundance of food and so many varieties you may might even remember jesus at the feeding of the five of of the five thousand he took the five loaves of bread and the two fish and he gave thanks And then again at the Last Supper, he he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. Thanksgiving is a a celebration of the fall harvest. And we see this visual display here this morning. But right in the middle of it is what we really need to pay attention to. Symbols of Jesus' death. Bread and a cup of juice. And so there are many things to be thankful for, for sure. But none of them can compare to the love and the grace and the mercy and the, the forgiveness of God. Paul in Romans chapter 7 realizes again how horrible a man he was. But then he breaks out and prays in praise and thanksgiving and just says, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And this is exactly what Paul did in 2 Corinthians, the verse that we're looking at. It seems like he was always thinking about what Jesus had done in his life. He never quite got it out of his mind. He couldn't stop thinking about it. And so every once in a while, he would just burst out in praise. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. This gift is Jesus. This gift is grace. And sometimes we refer to God's grace as amazing. And here Paul uses the word indescribable. I love that, this indescribable gift, a, a gift that is beyond description. And when we stop and think about it, it should absolutely blow us away. We really should be unable to express the depth of our thanks, because this gift from God is beyond an adequate human description. Now, the best thing about trying to explain this gift is that if I can't find the right words or, or I feel like my, my attempts to describe this fall woefully short and I don't quite do it justice, it's totally okay, right? Because it's indescribable. In other words, there are no words. In fact, the Greek word that Paul uses here in this verse, it wasn't even found in any, anywhere else in classical Greek. And this is the first and only use of this word in the entire New Testament. It seems as though Paul, he, he couldn't think of a word to describe this gift. And so he made up his own word. And so for Paul, this the, the, this gift was too great to be expressed or described in words. It's kind of like in the video, right? He gets to that part. He's just spent the whole time describing them. And then he goes, I, I wish I could describe him. He's... Indescribable, he's incomprehensible, right? And he goes off on another tear of of words describing Jesus. And so today, on this Thanksgiving Sunday, we do pause to remember Jesus' death. We are reminded of the agony of the cross. And Jesus on the cross, he took our place for our sin so the penalty for sin would be paid and forgiveness would be ours. That's right. He took your place. You see, the message of the Gospel is that Jesus took your place. He died on the cross for you and for me. He endured excruciating pain until finally dying... (coughs) excuse me on a cruel cross for you he forgives you he takes your sin and bears it for you i mean just stop and think about it really really think about it when was the last time that we thought about our sin I mean, we talk about being saved. Saved from what we rightly deserve, namely death. We, we deserved God's wrath. But instead, I am God's adopted child. I'm forgiven of my many sins. And I'm deeply loved by Him. And I'm going to heaven. And you can know that. It's only possible because of Jesus, God's indescribable gift. Oh, that we might move into a deeper, you know, move deeper into the marvelous mystery of God's love for us, that we would be able to reflect on this every day, to know this, that we are fully known, that God knows everything about us, and yet we are fully loved fully known, fully loved. I pray that the reality of what God has done for us would be the most captivating thought in our minds every day and that the truth of Jesus' death would always fill our hearts with joy and with thanksgiving. Listen to how C.J. Mahani writes about what he calls the miracle. He says this, What could possibly be more amazing? And what greater reason can there be for you and me at this very moment to praise and thank Him? The personal desolation Christ is experiencing on the cross is what you and I should be experiencing. But instead, Jesus is bearing it and bearing it all alone. Why alone? He's alone so that we might never be alone. He cries out to God, Why have you forsaken me? So that you and I will never have to make a similar cry. He was cut off from his father so that we can boldly say, Nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He's forsaken so that we might be forgiven. He says, Please don't ever grow over-familiar with forgiveness. What a miracle it is. What a gift from God. Our forgiveness is a fact that not only was accomplished through Christ's rejection and abandonment on the cross, but was confirmed and validated in the most incredibly glorious way possible. And then he quotes 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20 and 17. He says, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, Paul proclaims, And it's the most thrilling and affirming part of the good news. For if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. He goes on and writes this. Nothing, nothing in all creation is more steeped in the miraculous than the fact of your forgiveness and mine. God, in abandoning his son, is treating Jesus as a sinner, so that he can treat you and me who are sinners as if we were righteous, all because of Jesus. Friends, this truth should so fill our hearts every day and fill our hearts with joy and with gratitude. And so like Paul We might be going through our day, writing an ordinary letter, sending that text, that email, and all of a sudden, bursting forth, is this explanation of praise. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Friends, today we celebrate communion. This is known as the Lord's table. Some of you come from a faith tradition that might call this the Eucharist which is from the Greek word eucharisto, which simply means to give thanks. And I can't honestly think of a better way to reflect on and to remember this indescribable gift than to hold these elements in our hands, the bread and the cup, and then to remember what they represent, the bread representing Christ's broken body and the cup representing his shed blood. And to hold those elements, asking God again for a deeper understanding of His incredible love for us, and then saying, thank you. Thank you. Now, if you know this truth, and you've accepted the gift of grace that God offers, then my prayer is that today you would know the deep joy of the forgiveness of your sins, and that your heart would overflow with thanksgiving for the gift of Jesus. But if you have not yet accepted the grace and the love of Jesus, if you have not yet said yes to Jesus, you have not yet expressed your faith and trust in Him, you haven't asked Him to forgive your sins, nor have you turned um, away from your sin, then please know this today. God still loves you. God still loves you. He loves you beyond what you can ever imagine. And Jesus' death on the cross was His demonstration of love for you. And so why not today, on Thanksgiving Sunday 2017, surrender your life to Him. Pray to Him. Thank Him for dying on the cross for your sins. Ask for His forgiveness. Repent of those sins. And then receive the elements. You see we are instructed to remember Jesus' death. And so it only makes sense if you have personally received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you haven't yet surrendered your life to Jesus, it's totally okay then just to let the elements pass. And so I'm going to invite the worship team to return here to the platform because they'll lead us in the singing of a song while we distribute these elements. I'm going to invite those who are serving the elements to also come come forward. And I want to just... Um, remind you that the bread that we serve is gluten-free, and so if that is important for you, you'll you'll uh, you'll be okay with that. And we're going to pass out first the bread and then the cup, and just hang on to both those elements. And during that time, just let your heart overflow with thanksgiving to God for what He has done. And then once we all have the elements, then we will participate together. And I'm going to invite Pastor Quinn to come, who's just going to lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving for the bread.